podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Anfield Index podcast. It's episode 363. I knew that all on my own, and I didn't need Cam or Lisa Marie to help me. That's a fact, and they can't do anything about it. I am Trev Downey, and I'm podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland. And I'm joined, like I said, by Cam Branch and by Lisa Marie Hanahan for this Wonderful episode of the Anfield Index podcast. I literally am going to be winging it here in terms of structure, but I do have a few topics I want to get through. And I'm not sure if it was on this show last week, but certainly on Raw, I was mentioning one or two of the stranger Twitter interactions that I've come across recently. Today, I tweeted something along the lines of, Stop upsetting yourselves about fourth place. It's not going to happen. Probably it's six games. We we have potentially 10 points to make up in the Manx if they win their game in hand. Just let it go and dream the Europa dream. And if something happens, well and good. I got roundly harangued by a gent who uh, was telling me, to basically be a better supporter and uh, what's football for if it's not for dreams, etc., etc. <laughs> and he seemed to he seemed <laughs> to just f- fully miss the uh, the point of 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 everything. I suppose I tweet in a vacuum. I assume people know my personality. He says, uh, "I'm going to do a voice. I won't give his name because I'm not that kind of a guy." He says, isn't the whole idea of supporting a club to hope and wish for the unexpected? Or do you just want guaranteed results every week? Support or don't support. It's not totally realistic. But what's wrong with hoping until it's impossible? Fuck's sake. Otherwise, why bother? And I'm like, dude, really? What an overreaction that is. I mean, that's that's what's wrong with Twitter right there. Just take a breath. Have a pause. You don't have to viscerally react to everything as if it's the exact opposite to what you think. All I was saying is don't be upsetting yourselves, lads. It's a very, very big ask. And I just wanted fellas to not be taking offence all the time. But I couldn't. uh, I didn't succeed in this case. So anyway, here we go. I wanted to talk about offence. And before I introduce Cam and Lisa Marie, I'm going to let this chap here uh, talk about offence and political correctness and things like that and see what you make of it and that'll be my first hello to both of you see what you say which is a joy there's the other side of health and safety which is health and safety which is a small oppression of our physical mood we can't do anything with the commission from the state and political correctness the oppression of our intellectual movement so no one says anything anymore in case somebody else gets offended <laughs> what happens if you say that and someone gets offended well, they can be offended. Huh? What's wrong with being offended? When did sticks and stones may break my bones stop being relevant? Is that what you teach children, for God's sake? That's what you teach toddlers. He called me an idiot. Don't worry about him. He's a dick. <laughs> now you have adults going, I was offended. I was offended and I have rights. So what? Be offended. Nothing happens. You're an adult. Grow up. Deal with it. I'm offended. I don't care. Nothing happens when you're offended. There's nothing hard. There's a comedy show, and, and the comedian says something about the Lord, and, and I was offended. And when I woke up in the morning, I had leprosy. <laughs> nothing happens. 
I want to live in a democracy, but I never want to be offended again. Well, you're an idiot. How do you make a law about offending people? How do you make it an offense to offend people? Being offended is subjective. That has everything to do with you as an individual or a collective or a group or a society or a community, your moral conditioning, your religious beliefs. What offends me may not offend you. And you want to make laws about this? I'm offended when I see boy bands, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Shells posing as musicians to further a modeling career, and frankly, I'm disgusted. <laughs> what am I gonna do? Call the- I'm gonna interrupt it there. There's a couple more seconds left, but we'll leave it at that. I did hear a couple of giggles there, so hopefully, I'm not too wildly off the mark here with that suggestion. Lisa Marie, how are you, first of all, and what's your take on um, offense culture these days? <laughs> um, I'm fine. Thank you, Trevor. Happy to be here on the 363rd episode of the Enfield Index podcast. As you said earlier, without any reminding from either myself or Cam. It's been a week. It's been another week. My life is going to be insane for the next six weeks. So I've just bought in and just riding the wave. Um, But yeah, but you know, I'm on the same page you are, Trev, with the offense culture thing. It's 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 just annoying. <laughs> it is just annoying. And, I think that guy's you know, exasperation okay. really sums it up. Yeah, exactly. You know, but as a parent, you know, it's hard to understand, you know, I, you know, it's like where do you find the line to teach your children you know what is offensive and what isn't and and how to know that you know sometimes people are just sort of you know making fun you know making a joke but you need to be able to just kind of shrug it off i mean it is it is something that you just can't yeah it, it's it's hard to define i guess is is what i'm trying to say and um you know there was there was an instance that um my daughter was talking about that happened at school earlier this week and you know a student said something inappropriate about another student and I said well you know you're right that's you know that's wrong that's offensive you know they they shouldn't say that but as a result all the other kids are like ostracizing this kid and I'm like but how in a way is that any different you know if Mm. anyway it's just it's hard to know where that line is and I think sometimes everybody just needs to kind of relax. <laughs> That's kind of where I am with it as well. I mean, no, no in softer touch when it comes to people I like or love who have been slighted. I'm straight in there, two footed, wanting to fight their corner. And I'm sure you're exactly the same. I'm sure Cam's exactly the same. But I just I think it's just a constant barrage of daft tweets that I've had which are really ad hominem aggressive tone to them. And I'm just like, you're a silly person. You're a silly man. Relax now. Run run along and relax. I don't feel the need to get up on my soapbox and start shouting about how right I am and how offended I am. And it's just, I, I, you're right. There's, a, there, it, it is hard to define and there is absolutely some sort of a continuum or spectrum there. But I just think the stance that he describes really well there, that, you know, just because you're offended, that doesn't actually mean anything. And as he says there as well, I think it's really good. Nothing happens. And I don't know, Cam, about you. I want to bring you in here and say hello and ask you how you've been. And just as a jump off point as well for you, I mean, how do you deal with things like that? You strike me as a, as a guy who would be quite, um, I'd imagine with daft stuff online, I'm sure you, I don't think you're a, you're a, an online scrapper, but I'm sure like like myself or like Lisa Marie, in different contexts, you might take offense on behalf of other people. Where do you where do you stand on all of this? It just seems to be so prevalent these days that just the, the hurt feelings everywhere, Cam. Fucking hurt feelings. Everyone's hurt all the time. They're sad because their little feelings have been hurt. And I just maybe it's because I'm a Gen X old bastard but like fucking hell you know just a bit of resilience would be really good i think um firstly hello everyone um hello listeners and great to be here um 
on offence. Shall I tell you what I find offensive? Go on then. The suffering that people have in the world, real suffering. You know, the wars mm. that are going on, the famines, the injustices, the the racism, the prevalence of racism. Racism is really rearing its ugly head again. Um, what I find offensive is asylum seekers, refugees being called illegal. Well, if they're illegal, as was pointed out on the news today, why don't you arrest them? Because you can't, because there's no such thing as illegal. I find that offensive. What I find offensive is voter suppression. How is that a democracy? When somebody with an Oyster card who's over 60 can use that Oyster card to vote, but somebody who's under 60 can't use their Oyster card to vote. I find that offensive. I find mm. a lot of right-wing politics offensive. I, find, I even find some left-wing policies I could say could be construed as offensive. For sure. I find so much offensive in this world that words are petty in the grand scheme mm. of everything. Um, mm. As for online battles, I'm not clever enough to have an online battle. I, I don't have the intelligence. <laughs> it goes over my head. I don't even realise I'm being offended sometimes. So, you know... We you yeah. remember you remember what we said you remember what we said last week cam i mean most of the people who indulge in those things uh you're being humble uh, they don't have the sense to realize that they genuinely don't have what it takes and they just get angry and shout and roar and they make no sense and like i said to you last week you, you can't win an argument with a guy who's an idiot you know you just can't <laughs> they're never be <laughs> they're never be no you're 100 right i mean there's so much going wrong wrong in the world right now there's so many sexual injustices the ethnic injustices there's everything but there's so much going wrong yet you're going to get offended by some words i just i just don't get it i mean right now the uk for example just seems to be a very very angry place and if you ask these people why are you angry they'll come out with rubbish and they don't even really know why they're angry they haven't got a clue why they're angry. They get, they're angry well, because they've been told to be angry. That's what I'm saying. I think I think the sad truth is, and we'll get off this heavy topic soon, but the sad truth is that a huge amount of people out there are easily manipulated by... Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well... Over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. The sources that they choose to believe are telling them the truth. And as a result, I mean, I heard a flashback clip today of uh, Theresa May in Parliament um, basically repeatedly referring to Jeremy Corbyn as a racist and an anti-Semite and that just became the thing that you had to believe then and then you know because those terms are so loaded the people around Corbyn and his own party start circling the wagons and he's on the outs and all because words have been weaponized in that way and it's just it's just it's very very interesting that that's that's the manipulation of that offense culture to 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 the extreme and it's just I, 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 it's really interesting that you brought it there into into that kind of political sphere I, I agree with you completely um you know, just just before you finish on this one did um yeah yeah yeah, yeah, there's, yeah there's, 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 just a quick one there's a there's a there's an idiot who's become very prevalent um in the social media world in in the world in general uh Loza Fox, I think his name is privileged arsewipe basically. 
and he, he's got some chat show on one of these stupid right-wing news channels now or something. I don't know what he's got on there. And he invited um, uh, a doctor on about COVID um, stuff, you know, a respected doctor, you know, professor at university or something. And I can't remember the exact words he said, but he just started off by saying, in a nutshell, I'm offended that you're, you know, that you're basically a living human being to this Loza Fox. And it was just the most glorious takedown. And and he, he, he did a 30 second little thing where he goes, you know, you're spouting all this rubbish and nonsense based on nothing. You've got no factual proof and you're scaring people. And, um, you know, it's, it's just a joke. And Loza Fox just finished off. Well, I didn't invite you on for your opinion. Well, what the fuck did you invite him on for then, you knob? So, um, you know, that, yeah. that was something yeah, well, the idea, he the idea, yeah. by words put back at him yeah. and he put in his place. And, that, and yeah. that's how it should be. Absolutely. He, he, that, that guy was trying to set up his, his, his guest as someone to poke fun at and it, it backfired by the sounds of it. And you know what? Uh, it, that's a very, very, uh, tempestuous subject and if it wasn't for the fact that your man fox if he if he had been a bit, bit more articulate and, and and well informed and perhaps maybe well researched i'm sure there's a good chance that it could have been a good discussion but no we have to go and break it down into your team and my team and who's offended at each other and yeah, yeah it's just it's I, I think i think it's just it's a bit of a, a bit of a sickness uh, around the place today and you're right it just makes people angry we've got an angry world but their reds are less angry these days i think we we can agree we've had five games three whole wins yeah three whole wins on the bounce five games unbeaten i'm 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 taking it um i'm still I can't have it that this Champions League thing that people are are, are getting all excited about is is a thing. I, I don't I can't have it that no matter how much of a wobble uh, Manchester United have that they're going to drop um, ten points, which is what they have to do, and we have to keep winning um, because you know they have to lose that game in hand, so that's three points, and they have a seven point lead. So I, I just I can't have it. I I don't see it, and because I don't think that's realistic <laughs> according to my mate i'm not a proper fan uh and i don't i don't dream <laughs> just believe just dream uh, are you believing and dreaming lisa marie about uh, uh, about the, the potential for champions league maybe i am a cynical old duffer maybe i should be dreaming and believing maybe you can positive me up here what's your take on whether or not that's even attainable um I actually had a discussion about this with uh, Dave Davis on the post press conference podcast earlier today. Um, oh. I, yeah, <laughs> go listen to it, please. On Anfield index. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think it's kind of out of our hands is, is what I said. I mean, you know, the only thing we can do is win all our matches and, and even doing that, it's very likely it's not going to happen. Now, yes, is there an outside chance that United falls off a cliff um, and we manage to, you know, win all our matches and, wow, we scrape into fourth place? It is possible, but it's unlikely. It, it, it's unlikely. So, um, and... Yeah. So, I mean, again, I, I recognize that it's possible. I understand the math works out currently, people, but I don't think it's very likely. It does. The, the, I mean, you say the math, the math well, works I out mean, as in it. They could not win a game going forward, Trev. And, you know, and whereas <laughs> we can. And, you know, I mean, I'm, look, I have two degrees in history, so I will raise my hand and say math was not my best subject but um but i i generally can't add subtract and divide um multiply two so yeah so i mean i think as of right now it's possible but it is not probable hello i'm here to annoy you i'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on epl index we don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety 
of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, that's 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 nicely nicely put um and what i like is you're walking the line there where you are allowing uh, i have for excellent the balance balance excellent balance trevor excellent. just in general or yeah yeah in general <laughs> <laughs> good balance beam would have been totally my sport had i done gymnastics um wow. no i really do have very good balance but no, I, I yeah, it's hang, just, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I walk the line. Whoa, 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 whoa. You can't just throw that out there. How do you know you genuinely have good balance physically? I, I, you're not talking no, about it for Because, well, I've always known this. Um, but, but part of my physical therapy evaluations, that was one of the things they were evaluating was my balance. And I got high marks. Just saying. You go, okay, okay. <laughs> Look at you go. Look at you go, you high achiever balancer. Well, you know, Come I think it also helps that I'm short, so there's not as <laughs> low <laughs> no, center of gravity. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> Look, I, I, for what it's worth, as, as, as a fellow short arse, I also have good balance. Whereas Cam's a bit taller than both of us. I bet you he's got terrible balance. Do you, Cam? How's your balance? <laughs> Not too bad, considering I've got dodgy ears. So, um, that yeah, that's what I mean. Affect, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That can affect balance. But no, my balance isn't, is okay. You know, it's reasonable. I mean, I don't tend to fall over very often unless <laughs> I'm uh, completely um, inebriated. But no, generally it's okay. Yeah. That's a good. That's a that's a good sign that you're not falling over. Yeah, that, that, as a general rule, is a good sign. And let let let's get from you. I mean, of of the three of us, ironically, Lisa Marie and I had kind of turned to the dark side a little, um, much to the the um, surprise of both of us. Uh, not and dark. You had actually... Realistic. Dark, Lisa Marie. It was getting dark. Realistic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, you had been actually. This sort of, um, you know, upbeat, um, voice, uh, the, the, just like you gotta support the lads type thing. And I don't mean yeah. that in a bad way. I mean that in a positive way. Yeah. Uh, so when you look at the table and you see what's in front of you there and you see a seven point, point gap and you see a game in hand for United, do you honestly think there's any potential for Eric Ten Hag's lads? ravaged by injury as they are, potentially rattled as they are, do you think there's any potential for them dropping 10 points? Because I, like, what I'm trying to get at here is, is it reasonable for people to genuinely have, is there any level of, I understand Liverpool do, do the impossible, I get that, but this requires other people to fuck up. It's got nothing to do with us doing the impossible. Mm. All we can do is win our games. If it was just down to that, I'd have every confidence that this crowd could achieve something because we achieve something every season under Klopp. Mm. But now it's reliant on other people being atrocious, and I don't feel comfortable with that. Yeah, I mean, I I don't say it now. Um, you've got to be realistic, haven't you? I mean, you can have all the optimism in the world, which is fine. Um, but I think the game for me that really deflated me and said they fucked up now and that's it was the Bournemouth result and you know the momentum was killed because then we we drew I think we drew a couple of games after that and we just threw silly points away and if we hadn't have thrown those silly points away then you'd say We've been in this position before and we know what it's like yeah. to chase a team to a point. We may not have always overcome that team, 
but we know what it's like to put that pressure on. But we're not. There's only six games left for us, or five games left for us. And yeah, we we have six. They have five. Yeah, they have seven. Oh, sorry, got, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, they've got a game more than game in hand on us, haven't they? So yeah. they've got seven. So if it if it was twelve games, and it was say seven points, then you'd say, you know, there's a few games there. That, you know, anything could happen. But to expect three results to go our way out of seven, yeah, the odds. I wouldn't put any money. I wouldn't put any money on it. Yeah, the bookies. I, I think the bookies would happily take your money. Well, let's just let's just see, right? Let's just talk this through. We're not going to talk about the Reds because we just have to win all our games. So it doesn't matter who the fuck we play. It is interesting that we have the opportunity uh, that the Europa place is very much in our hands if we uh, can beat, um, if we can win our games. Um, uh, the Spurs and Villa games are big. West Ham was a big one as well. Um, in terms of of uh, that group of fixtures, but they're all massive. It doesn't matter. We've seen ourselves stumble in the most unlikely places this season. So ignore, let's just ignore the Reds fixtures and say that we just assume that we have to win at least um, five of our six and, and maybe five in a draw or something like that, or just win them all. And let's take a quick look at what United have got left so that we add some context to this conversation so it's not just pie in the sky. The United fixtures are... They go. They play Villa, uh, and United are at home on Sunday. Um, that's the game I think before us. Um, it, it's probably on Sky because it's down here is a two o'clock kickoff, so it's probably the Super Sunday game or the second. So that's Villa. Then they've got Brighton. Now you could say that both of those teams are in great runs and have the potential to beat Manchester United. Then they play West Ham. And I think because it's noisy, I don't. I just, I don't know. I think the I, I, I'd fancy United there. Then they play Wolves, who are really nowhere in the league, and there's not much up for grabs. They play Bournemouth. They play Chelsea. They play Fulham. That's their run. And Chelsea are a shambles, defeated. Mm-hmm. They're in danger of finishing closer to the bottom three than the top uh, four. Um, yeah. Fulham have nothing on it as well. Bournemouth at that point will probably have nothing on it either. Uh, they'll have their survival and all the rest of it. So, I mean, I'm not seeing too many potential banana skins there for them, Cam. Um, banana skins, could, uh, Brighton and Villa, maybe. Would they need to lose... They need to they need to lose three and draw one for us to draw level with them. So Villa, Brighton, West Ham, Wolves, Bournemouth, Chelsea, Fulham. Yeah, it's just not happening, is it? I don't think so, man. That's no. my point. I just yeah. I can't see I can't yeah. make that work out in my head. Yeah, and I'm and I'm with you on that. I'm 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 totally with you on that. And uh, I just, I just don't see it happening either. I just don't see where they're going to drop those points. I mean, the thing is, and this is what's so effing annoying, yeah, is that they're not a very good team, and they've, and you've seen that in some of the defeats they've had this season. You know, Brentford away four nil, us seven nil. You know, they. They've, they've had some really big defeats this season. They've got a really, they're not a great team. And it's only because the fact of ourselves and Tottenham have been so shockingly poor as well that we've allowed them to yeah. get into that position. And that, that will only benefit them next season because they are a big draw. Whether we like it or not, players want to sign for Man United. Whether, you know, because of the aura of, of, of playing in, you know, at Old Trafford or whatever, or or the stupid money they pay in wages. And we've allowed that to happen. We should be up there. It should have been a, a three-way title race, if that's what you want to call it now, um, this season. We should have been up there pushing. And, but, you know, we know we're not, and that's by the by, you know, 
we've got to live with that and deal with that now. But it, it's just an absolute joke that we've allowed that this has been allowed to happen with that team. It's shocking. I agree. And to focus a little bit more then on the positives, Marie, and spin it back towards uh, uh, what can be achieved realistically, and you know the the mental dream of them all of them falling apart and us. Uh, charging towards the end of the season is a beautiful, beautiful thing that would be better than any would be better than any of the domestic cups for me if we achieved it. I, I'd enjoy that more because of what it would mean. It would mean I get to revel in them falling apart, and I get to revel in us uh, sneaking in. It would be a magnificent jo- source of joy for me. But I don't feel our form really has warranted Champions League football anyway. However, Operation Europa is very much on the cards, and there are a couple of things that I want to see achieved. And I'm looking at the the um, the league table because I want to just get in perspective what if this fifth place is genuinely achievable. So we play um, Villa uh, last home game of the season, Bobby's farewell. We play Spurs on Sunday, and they're the two teams who are ahead of us. And both of them have an extra game played than us. And both of them are only a point ahead of us. So they're very overhaulable. And then if we can maintain our our position um, by keeping on winning, then that fifth spot is indeed ours. So that is on a, it's a very, very, very whittled down expectation to what we're used to. But it's at least a thing that's within our control. Um, when you look ahead at that, do you think that's something that actually, do you, do you have a feeling that will be a, a, a attained? There's a possibility that sixth might do it for us as well in Europa, depending on trophy wins and th- that that type of thing, um, and final league placements and all that kind of stuff, and Champions League winners and all that kind of stuff. It That's that's one thing which can be achieved. And then there's other things, which is the ongoing Trent experiment that I want to keep seeing Mo, I want Mo to get to 30 goals again. These are not necessarily, there's no trophies for these, but they're things that I want to see happening. They're the kind of positives I'm focused on. Darwin getting more minutes as the season goes on um, because Klopp seems to have shelved the Darwin experiment for a while, and and that's been a source of sadness to me. So I'm hoping to see more minutes for him. Curtis developing more. These are the kind of things I'm focused on now as the season peters out. What about you? What kind of positives are you looking towards as the um, as that we we head into these last six games? So I agree that Europa I think is very achievable. Um, you know, I'm not going to say absolutely because again things happen. Don't want to jinx it. Um, a little superstitious these days. But no, but I think I think a place um, in the Europa competition is is very, very achievable for us, you know, looking ahead at, at the games we have left. So so I agree with you there. Um, you know, I mean, as far as Darwin is concerned, I, I kind of agree with you that I that I'd like to see it. But on the other hand, if we're wanting, you know, I don't really want to mess with what we've got going on on and it seems to be working <laughs> so I you know I'm not yeah I'm not really true, sure how true. well how well he fits into that at this point in time you know I mean I, I I think you know he is certainly a player for us in the future and you know if the right in-game situation comes along where you know maybe he doesn't start but he is substituted in to, to bring a little chaos I'm always on board for that um you know if you know, if it's going to, if it's going to work and do something, but, but right now the, the way we have things set up really seems to be working, you know, consistently working, you know, over these last few games. And so I'm kind of of the opinion, let's, let's not mess with the good thing. Let's, let's keep the consistency because Lord knows we haven't had any this season. And, you know, it, it looks like we're taking a step in the right direction if we can keep everybody healthy and and firing so that's that's kind of what i'm you know leaning toward um so yeah but yeah i think darwin is definitely part of our future and and i think it's just they haven't quite figured out the proper now that we have you know 
Jada back and Diaz back and, and Cody Gakbo and everything, I don't think they've quite figured out the best way to use Darwin. And I just don't think we have, you know, now isn't necessarily the time to figure it out. I think that's for preseason. Um, so, yeah. Was there another yeah. question in there? I don't that's remember. It. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That's interesting. I, I, I was, I was basically getting you to list your own, your, your specific things that you were but looking I'm for loving, on a personal level. I'm loving seeing Curtis doing well. To me, that's just, it's been a nice, um, bonus here at the end of the season to see him come not just back into the team, into the lineup, into, you know, into the starting lineup, but doing well. And, and I just. To me, that's just a bonus. It's an unexpected bonus. I, you know, I, if you had asked me two weeks ago, I, that would have been very low down my list of, of surprises I would expect to see. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think most people, and I do, it is only most people because there are always people who have very different and sometimes quite awful takes. I, I saw one such Curtis take today and I actually had to look back and say, did that guy actually say that? There is currently, I think, one of the worst takes I've ever seen uh, resplendent in the top article in <laughs> in a website very close to all of our hearts, which we may turn to later on if we find ourselves running out of uh, topics. I don't want to get too controversial, but I mean, I can't agree in any way with the message in that particular Anfield Index article. Um We'll come back to it, like I said, perhaps later on. But I wanted to run something past you, Cam, there on the back of what I was talking to Lisa Marie about. And again, I want you to throw in if, at the end of it, if you've got any specific things, like I mentioned, I personally, because I just admire the guy so much, I want to see Mo, I think it's really important for Mo uh, to hit targets. And I want to see him get to that 30 mark. I think the more confident we have that fella, the better and uh, i'm just enjoying what i'm what i'm seeing as a bit of a resurgence in his form and output and i'm i'm hoping that continues through to the end of the season and we can have bring that momentum into the start of the next campaign because i feel like the momentum had fallen away from that kid a bit at the end of last season and kind of took that into this season i know his numbers are still good but you know uh that guy is levels above most people so that's one thing i want to see and uh, like I, I mentioned the curtis thing as well and i think other people are hoping to see like for example ibu kanate really uh, cementing his place and different things like that so if you if there's a, any angle you have that you're particularly hope, looking forward to for these last games just to get a bit of enjoyment out of throw, throw that at me uh, for sure but just first on um darwin nunez I saw a very interesting discussion about why it is perhaps that Klopp has decided to shelve the idea of starting Darwin because I thought he'd gotten into a bit of a run there and look, was looking very much the part and then all of a sudden he was out of the team and uh, we had all then we started getting lads back and he was definitely out of the team and now he's he, he is very much a, a bench resident at the moment uh, price tag or no price tag and the guys that were having a conversation were floating the concept and. It's occurred to me several times. I just didn't say it articulately in one tweet um, like they did. Um, that the issue really is around Darwin's either willingness or capability. And I think it's more that last one to do the um, intelligent uh pressing that's required, the sort of systematic well, he's there, so I go here type thing. And I say I say this because I was watching him running around, and I know he's just getting a few minutes, but he was running around a little bit headlessly, I thought, mm. and at times a little bit less than full on. I mean, if you compare and contrast what Cody Gakpo was doing while he was on the pitch, he is head down, covering distances as quickly as possible, Harrying, harassing, getting foot in here, there, and everywhere. I think the guy's a, an absolute uh, star in the making for us. And I think there might be something to that, Cam, about maybe Darwin just doesn't get this system yet. There's a lot being made about the language. Maybe that will help as well in him fully understanding what's expected of him when we don't have the ball. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think. You hit nail on the head there at the end with the uh, language 
the language is um, really important. He's he, he's not that fluent in in English yet. He does um, speak a lot with the with the Brazilian lads, so they obviously um, help him a lot. And uh, Luis Dias as well uh, obviously helps him a lot um, with his pressing. Like you say, yeah, he he was just showing energy and willingness and commitment. Now, when you're pressing, we completely lost our shape, to be honest, when he came on against West Ham. I thought we suddenly, because we let West Ham completely back into that game when he came on. And the, yeah. the reason for that was he was pressing on his own. He was going on his own. And if you're pressing on your own, you're not going to press. You're just running around. And that's all he was doing. So the team, the, him and the team were on a different wavelength at that point. And that's what caused us to suddenly be coming under the cosh a little bit, you know, feel that bit of pressure. Um, and so that was a slight issue. But the only way he's going to learn to be a better presser is if he's on the pitch doing that more often with his teammates. And like you say, the United game, for example, he got two goals and and he played really, really well that day, along with Gapko as well, along with Mo Salah as well. The three of them had a little bit of an understanding going on. Suddenly Klopp has brought Jota back in. Jota suddenly looked like he's back on form again and he and Klopp's played him back into form, but he's like, he's played Nunes out of form and it's, it's a strange one now because we've got an embarrassment of riches up top. In that we got five players vying for three spots, and that that's brilliant. But how are you going to get new players who have come in, i.e., Nunes and Gapko, to really understand the system alongside Diaz, Jota, and Salah? Because obviously Bobby's Bobby's gone now. I mean, um, as we all know, and so it is really those five now. So. That's the issue with Nunes now. How are we going to give him the minutes to learn to play the system better? And that's only then going to really come in pre-season, isn't it? Uh, in the summer now. So that's something that Nunes will work on. And I think we'll see the benefits of that next year. The player I'm really excited to see right now to the end of the season now is Luis Diaz. He's yeah. He's just a breath of fresh air. He's he's a joy. He's He's... He's the trick master, and uh, he—he's just—you just don't know what he's going to do, and that unpredictability is wonderful for us and a nightmare for the opposition. And hopefully, he can then start developing an understanding now with Gapko and Nunes when they come on the pitch, and that can only help us going forward again for next season. It really is all about next season now. Whatever, whichever way we're looking at it now, what we've got to do now is we've got to get on this run and we've got to really get ourselves set and prepared for next season. Get some reinforcements in. I say that loosely, and 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 then see where we are uh, come August. I'm looking as you as you're saying that. Um, I'm looking at. Um a transfer story linking us to Manuel Ugarte. Um, that would be nice. Uh, and I'm, ho- I'm, I'm I, and it's just a way of reasons to be good. cheerful. Um, that would be nice. I, 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 I agree with you completely on, on the, um, on the Darwin thing. I think that's probably part of it. Um, but also on Luis Diaz, I think Luis Diaz's uh, little cameo the other night was the first time that he really actually started. He, he did anything Diaz-like for me. His previous two little appearances I thought were very guarded. Um, you know, it wasn't really, we weren't seeing him on one stage. He was on the right-hand side. But that little cameo at the end of the last game, um, I thought, oh, man, we've missed this lad so much. Mm. Um, he keeps... Every time he gets the ball, he wants to do something impactful. Um, 
uh, and he can, you see, this is the thing. He has the ability to do it. Uh, I, I'm so excited. And I just, it's just sad because you, you feel like if we hadn't had the misfortune that we have had with certain injuries, um, that, you know, th- there's a whole different season that could have panned out there. And it would have perhaps been a band-aid covering some of the big issues, which really now are quite glaring. But, you know, at least at at, at least you, you, we could have we'd all have been a little bit happier and could have been complaining quietly about said issues. But like I said, they're there for all to see now. All it seems, uh, except uh, our manager, who is very, very, very uh, doggedly maintaining certain selections uh, for a play to him. And I, you know what? I can't resist it. I can't resist it. I'm going to throw it out to you. Um. There's an article on Anfield Index this week. Uh, did it go up yesterday, I think? Uh, and if you have the, has somebody fallen over the stairs or something there? Everything all right? I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs Mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. That sounded quite dramatic. Sorry. Have I lost you? No, I'm back. My headphone uh, disconnected. I do apologize. Ah. Okay. So I was just saying if you have the wherewithal to open up the uh, site. Just have a look there at the latest article by Tony Evans on Anfield Index, Ooh, which has the very, very yes, I was just reading. It has it. the very, <laughs> very interesting art uh, uh, headline: Tiago is Klopp's most disappointing midfielder. <laughs> now I'm not sure if Tony's on the wind up here, but. He says, you know, in the opening part, uh, sentence, is it um, Naby Keita? No, he says, for me, it's Thiago. He talks about Trent then, the next paragraph, um, and how he's looking fantastic in that role. And he says, that's the sort of role I expected Thiago to perform, getting possession in the middle of the park and looking to get a pass down the channel to, to the attackers. The 32-year-old certainly has the range to do it, but too often he struck the ball out wide. Now, I would be the first to admit, and I think, Tony's onto something here, but I think he might be in danger of being a little bit reactionary in terms of responding to the most recent stuff. I, I don't know how anyone in their right mind could consider Thiago disappointing. It's been disappointing that he hasn't been available more, but when he's played, for the most part, he has been our best midfielder on the pitch at any given time. And to talk about you know, I, I think he might be just in terms of he might be mixing up a couple of things. He says, yes, he looks stylish doing it. But while all, while all hands were gushing about him and saying he's a joy to watch, some of us were waiting for him to hurt the opposition. Look at his stats. Just four assists in 67 Premier League games. He's got the talent to get uh, to get one a game. And don't give me all this pre-assist bollocks, he says. Liverpool need more production from him going forward. And so on and so on and so on. And you can read down the entire article. And you will not hear one message of the guy, one mention rather of the guy whose form has been in such steady and obvious decline. The guy who keeps getting selected, not mentioned once, not mentioned once in the article. Uh, I don't understand that. And I, I, I'm, it's not, I'm not, you know, I've met Tony and I, I had a very pleasant chat and a point with him. 
and he might be just throwing out a little bit of bait here, but I can't, I can't have this at all. And if you want to talk about disappointing, there are so many people who are ahead in that queue. It's, it's just, it's a wild take for me, Lisa Marie. What's, what's your response to it? I know you probably haven't read it at all, but just the concept of Thiago being Klopp's most disappointing midfielder. I mean, surely that just strikes you right in the face with like a slap. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, I heard mention of this article, or I think I saw it pop up on something earlier today, and I didn't read it. And then, um, you know, our our pal Dave Hendrick said, don't read it. It's crap. And, you know, I kind of was like, okay. I mean, <laughs> I don't always follow what Dave says, but I just hadn't had a chance to look at it. So when you just started mentioning it, I pulled up and was reading through it. And yeah, there's there's some there's some interesting points in here that I don't agree <laughs> with. <laughs> but I yeah. do have to wonder if it's intended controversy. You know, I don't know. I don't I'm not familiar enough with Tony's writing, you know, to know if, you know, is this an intentional wind up or 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 if he's completely sincere, you know, with with the points that he's making. But you are absolutely right just before you said that about noting what midfielder is not mentioned at all in the article that had already crossed my mind. I'm like, where's the Henderson section? And yep. it's not there <laughs> at all. No, so it's not there. That no. to me is, and, is and noteworthy I'll... as everything that was said is what wasn't said. Yeah. And honestly, Fabinho has been infinitely more disappointing this season than yeah. Thiago has. Like, like, if we're going to be honest about it, Fabinho's looked a shadow of himself. Um, you know, it's just, I, I, I really, it's a really, really, really odd take. And it seems, I, I, I've got Tom Hardy uh, in Mad Max saying that's bait in that gif. That's what's I, that's that's all I've got in my head. <laughs> that's all I can think of. I mean, Cam, can you see can you see a rationale here that we can't? And maybe you you, you find yourself in, in in agreement with Mr. Evans there, do you? Um, I don't like the assist stat, and the reason I don't like it is because the assist stat is dependent on the person you're passing it to putting the ball in the back of the net, and you you can play the perfect pass every time but if the fucker in front of you keeps missing how is that your <laughs> that's a really that's good an point, man. point. Yeah, yeah. And, and and you know yeah. everybody let's go back to let's really go back Stuart Downing didn't have an assist but he used to put in the most brilliant crosses all the time and you had shite strikers who couldn't put the ball in the back of the net how is that Stuart Downing's fault he was putting okay. on a plate I'm I'm going to take issue with the Downing example. I fully take the point you're making, but I I my take on Stuart Downing was he always used to do a percentage ball. It wasn't necessarily on the money. It was just a percentage ball. He just like I'll put it into that area there. There should be someone there. Oh, there's not. And invariably there wasn't. Now you're right. That could be partly because of the uh, the, because the, the, the the shite that he had. He was playing with. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway. But, <laughs> but, but the I mean, I'm just looking at his stats now. 235 games for Barcelona, 31 goals, 37 assists. So what's that? Uh, 68 in 235 games. One every three games, a goal or assist. Liverpool, he's done nothing in terms of goals and assists. 97 games, three goals, six assists. He hasn't done anything at all as a midfielder in an attacking sense. But he hasn't really been playing as an attacking midfielder, has he? he, he yeah, but he also, ha- he, he also has done a huge amount in an attacking sense because he, he, can, throw, he, he can throw away the hockey assist thing all he likes. I never liked that term. I'm not into it. To me, it's taking things back a step too far. But I fully understand what it is because that's what Xabi Alonso used to do. He would get the ball. He would get the ball and give it to Gerard, And Gerard would give the ball to Torres and we had a goal. So there is something to that. And, and by the way, there's also something to setting a tempo. Um, get, and get that's a, what he's about. Yep. And yeah, controlling. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's yeah. he's the controller. He 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 dictates the the pace of the game. His role, and he's actually said this. He said it in an interview. My my role. I'm, 
don't quote me on it, but I'm sure I've seen this where he said it, where he said, my role is to come in and to take the pace of the game, whether to speed it up or to slow it down. Because there's moments where you need to be fast, but there's also moments where you need to take the sting out of the game a little bit, where the opposition might be a little bit on top of you, and you've just got to slow that game down a little bit. Come on, people. I mean, if numpty like me can understand that, then someone as <laughs> well-educated as Tony certainly knows all about that. And that's what his role has been predominantly in this team. It's not been about assists. Because let's be honest, which of our midfielders under Klopp has been an assist king? None of them. That's not their role. Because our assists, Tony, have come from our fullbacks. Believe it or not, we've got the assist kings on in our fullbacks in Robbo and Trent. Uh, or yeah. have you completely missed that point? When it was Ginny, Fabinho and Henderson, we were complaining Ginny never touched the ball. Let alone got yeah. an assist or a goal. You're so right. It's never been the midfield. It's been the fullbacks and, of course, the front three yeah. setting them on a play for each That's other. Five attackers. Yeah. The other, you know, it's it. It's not an. It's not an article that you can take too seriously. It's it's a. It's I don't a, think so. Yeah. It's a it's it's a nice article. It it it's created a debate. Brilliant. But if. Realistically, the biggest midfield failure has been Naby Keita. And the worst thing is, I was with an Arsenal fan the other day, and I was actually saying he should have been our best midfielder. He had it all. He was the one who would have been given the assist. He was the one who had the progressive passing ability. He was the one who had this the line-splitting pass, passing ability. He was the one who would win more pressing duels. Who were the one who would win more tackles? He had, and he could he could carry the ball through the lines as well. You know, and this is it. But yeah. he has been our biggest letdown yeah. because of because we know what he should have brought to this team going forward. A fit Naby Keita would have meant more trophies for us. I'm convinced of it. I just, I don't, it's like I say, it just, I can't get my head around the, the, the rationale here as well, because by that rationale, um, you know, someone like Ox, who's been injured a lot and hampered by those, comes in and he's not half the player he was. Is that disappointing? I, I, I yeah, but I mean, there's context and I just, if I think if if Thiago's the problem, you're not really asking the right question. I, that that would be my take on it. But anyway, look, I just felt it was worth mentioning because just quickly, Trent, just quickly, he has yeah. mentioned Trent and Andy in in the article about how the opposition have shut them down, and then Thiago was meant to be the one to step up. But Thiago can only step up in that respect a if he's on the pitch, which he hasn't really been, and b if that was what he was told to do and that was his role within the team. If the manager has... The manager never changed a team to allow that. The manager was still re- asking the fullbacks to do what they ne- needed to do and then they weren't able to do it. But he, the, the change wasn't made by the management. You can't necessarily put that down to Thiago. Yeah, I, I that's a good take. And, I mean, look... To be honest, uh, it's. I, I think maybe the, our, all of us had that initial feeling of, is this bait? And maybe it is. Maybe Tony's just winding winding people up here. He could be just having a bit of a laugh for himself. Uh, and if so, if so, I think he is. If so, mission achieved, sir. Well done, because he got us talking anyway. Uh, but I, and, and it's not you know, I, tactics as well in there as well. Look, reading further yeah. down the pod, so he, he knows exactly what he's doing. He's knowing he's exactly what he's saying. He's a oh yeah, I mean there's there's a John, there's there's a John, there's a John Henry uh, paragraph as well. Is he selling the club or is he not selling the club? All the all the, all the things are hit, you know, to get people talking. Super. So I guess Super. that's probably the point. Yeah. I, 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 look, I I I I am keeping an eye on the clock. I'm just aware of your. Of your evenings, I want to yeah. let you get back to them. Yeah. We did start in a quarter past. Have just turned up, so. Well, we, then we we we, should, we we better get you off to. Yeah. Off to well, we got a wedding this weekend. I'm not happy with my nephew at all. Oh. 
Well, for getting married. I'll let you explain. Yeah, yeah. Think, well, but there's a, that. That's one reason, isn't it? Obviously, idiot, getting married. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> secondly, which is probably the most important fact, who has a bloody wedding reception when Liverpool are playing Spurs? That's just silly. That's just silly. <laughs> I'm, I'm I, gonna... You'll find Cam. You'll find that he didn't have any say in that anyway. <laughs> I don't think he had any say in getting married either. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. <laughs> uh, so we should we should start wrapping you know, up before the you both bury of, your... yeah. The both of you. Just <laughs> step back. Third year told, isn't it? Just well, no, no. He probably doesn't even know he's getting married. We'll just say to him, yeah, put this suit on. Why? Yeah. We're just going to the good one. <laughs> Well, what's the good one? Oh, don't worry, just no, you just sit here at the front. Well, why? Why am I sitting at the front? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look, I, I, much to much to Lisa Ruth's uh, disgust, uh, we are right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you know, so so we've all been there uh, and 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 have experienced. You know, I'm feeling a little offended. Ah, here we go. Look at you bringing it home. Oh, super. Like, super. That's tremendous work. Hey, let me join in. Bravo. Tremendous. Had to bring really it full circle. That. Had to bring it full circle. Like a, like a top class stand-up comedian, Lisa Marie, brings it home with a little bit of a recall right at the end. Uh, do either of you have anything that you want to say just before we do sign off, or are we good to go? Does anyone have anything they want to recommend or anything they anything that's been kicking around your head you wanted to say? Lisa Marie, I'll start with you. Anything you want to finish with? Um, no, not not specifically. Um, obviously, check out the post press conference podcast with myself and Dave Davis um, up on Anfield Index, recorded earlier today. And yeah, other than that, um, I will once again not be able to watch the match live. These spring matches, when they start moving them to Sundays, it just doesn't work with my schedule either. Um, so yeah, mm. so hopefully, hopefully I'll tune, you know, I'll see that we got another win like last week when I was checking it at my daughter's confirmation, checking the score. <laughs> fair, it hadn't really started. <laughs> but still. Um, so yeah, no, um, yeah, just everyone have a good week. I, um, I am in denial that it is April the 28th. I do not know where the month has gone. And I will likely be saying this again in four weeks. And wow, by the time I say that on May 28th, um, I will have one son graduated from high school and a daughter getting ready to start high school. And that's a wow for me as well. That is quite the wow. And um, <laughs> you should you should uh, try the experience of having a child who's 24. <laughs> that's <laughs> a remarkable thing that I keep reminding myself because I'm currently feeling around about 24 myself oh uh, really so this, this, <laughs> yes it doesn't really compute but there it is uh, nonetheless <laughs> and, and what about yourself cam anything to sign off with from you i've got a 24 and a 27 year old i don't know what nonsense you're speaking about so um, <laughs> 24 year old will be 27 next and sorry 25 next sunday so on the 7th but um Finish off with uh, I'm rewatching a uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine because the latest series is out. So I started from okay. season one, um, so I'm currently on episode ten, season two, and it is glorious. Obviously, Barry's um, final season is out, so I've rewatched the first three seasons, and I'm just waiting for all the season episodes to land so I can watch final season and that. Then the same with Succession, um, so I'm waiting for all the episodes of the last season to drop in before. I I watch all of them as well. So I'm ready with, uh, or I will soon be ready with all three of them. I'm not here for the next three weeks. Um, I'm with the Podfather next Friday and Saturday, and we are meeting with Mando and his better half uh, over the weekend. Um, and then I am away for two weeks after that. I've got business I need to attend to, so I will not be in the country, unfortunately. I will be um, dodging bullets, no doubt. 
Well, you will. You, yeah. don't, don't do that. Uh, we yeah, don't want to hear not. about that. That's that's you're, you're far too valuable of an asset for us to be putting stuff in the way of bullets, lad. Come on. Uh, we we'll 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 absolutely miss you when you're gone. We'll hopefully be able to get Guy or Carl in to step into the shoes for the few weeks you are away. Uh, just in the same vein as Cam, I watched a show on. Uh, the flicks called The Diplomat, which was far more enjoyable than I thought it was going to be. So that's a diverting oh, little. I'm eight, hearing eight good things about that. Okay, yeah, so yeah. worth I, checking I, out. I, I would, I, I would recommend it. It's quite, it's quite clever. Um, it's worth a go. Um, I would say, a bit twisty and turny and stuff like that. It's, and good performances. So that, that kind of thing keeps you engaged. So if you're looking for a bit of distraction, I would recommend that because. Uh, I currently very much am. And uh, I want to say that uh, you should be listening to whatever Lisa Marie's doing on the channel and Cam, if he's making an appearance on any of the shows as well, make sure you pay attention to what they're at. Um, I'll be back with Raw, with myself and Jan. Um, I'll be back with Dave doing a transfer show probably next week as well. Uh, we'll do another buzzed very soon myself and Dave Hendrick and it's all going to be coming at you thick and fast as will the games. So do stick with us here. We very much appreciate your ears on our little show and uh, it's very gratifying to know you're still listening to us. So you mind yourselves out there and we'll try and do the same and we'll see you next week before Cam disappears. You'll get one more in, will you, buddy? Uh, no, Friday, um, me and uh, Podfather are going up to Liverpool. We're catching the train Friday morning, 10 o'clock to Liverpool. Ah, um, so okay. I oh. might be a little bit worse for the wear Friday. <laughs> <laughs> that could That's be fine. fun. That, that actually sounds like a good, yeah, that sounds like a call-in opportunity. Uh, but we will, uh, <laughs> regardless, we'll have some lineup for you next week. Uh, and Cam will be back with us before you know it. So from myself, from Lisa Marie, from Cam, uh, this has been the Anfield Index podcast, some episode or other, and we'll be back with you very, very soon. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.